Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lawmaster Program. The AVB's predictions regarding the coming of the Lord God are fulfilled in the man, Tommy L. Hart. This is big, big news. The Bible's Lord God has come as predicted. But not only has the Lord God come, he has also come forward and revealed himself. He has told the people his name in compliance with Psalm 94, 1 and John 7, 4. Having performed the works that the Bible ascribes to God, the man Tommy L. Hart fills the bill for God. It is reported by those who know him best. He has done all things well. Let's hear from the Lord God, Tommy L. Hart. I want to remind you to follow me on Twitter. Always make Lawmaster Archive your dwelling place. And do go to, at the end of this program, Amazon Bookstore and order from my list of books there. Be sure and get the book, uh, Hearts ABCs of Bible Rhyme. There's also the book, The Son of God Was Here With Men on Earth. And get my books having to do uh, dialogues and King James Bible content. This episode, words, facts, caveats. That's exactly uh, what this presentation is about. Words, facts, caveats. And it won't be hard to follow a word, and then I will present that word used in a Bible statement. It kind of reminds me of one looking up a word in a dictionary or encyclopedia. Same principle from which we can get information, great information. So begin. And it all ties in these things will tie in to things I've been speaking of lately. So it, too, is a continuation of the themes I've been speaking on uh, leading up to this episode. It also can be seen as a, what we say, um, Well, let's forget that. Okay, let's move on. Words, facts, caveats. Words are very important. Facts are very important. Caveats, admonitions, cautions, very important. Let's see what we have here. Number one, the word is Lord, Lord all caps, Lord written with a capital letter. What does, what does the Bible say about the Lord? Now, that is a statement that I put at the top of my outline here, but 
uh, at the end, I brought it down to the end of the art lane. So let's move on to the second point here, which which has now become the first point. Gentiles. I've been speaking of Gentiles here of late. Well, I've been speaking of Gentiles a long time, long time. From the beginning, uh, from the beginning, I've been speaking about and using the word Gentiles. What does the Bible say in regard to Gentiles? Now we know Gentiles is a reference to Pims, Caucasians, if you will, or white people, if you will. The Bible refers to those people as Gentiles. The Gentiles know that. Deuteronomy 32:43 says, Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people. Who is this nations that the book says rejoice with his people? Well, it's the Gentile nations. Rejoice, O ye Gentiles, if you will, same as nations there, with his people. Now, what is this his people? His is a reference to God, and the people there references the Israelites, who the Bible teaches to be the the people of God, the Israelites. Oh, there's a lot in that statement there. The Israelites are the people, are a part of the black people that the Gentiles invaded long time ago, the Lord God, and all the people, all of God's people that the Gentiles did not kill or murder, uh, they cast into captivity. And now the and and from that point on, the Gentile, I mean, the Israelites have been scattered abroad in the nations. That word nations in the nations of the Gentiles, alias white people, and they are there to this very day. The Israelites are held still in captivity under Gentile rule in Gentile lands. The Bible is, the King James Bible is a very factual book. It teaches much. And what it teaches needs to be taught. What it teaches needs to be taught. It is not taught at this time. I am the only one I know of who teaches King James Bibles, facts, truths. I'm the only one. The church does not teach these things. Okay, so that was quite a bit coming from that statement. Rejoice, O ye Gentiles. Rejoice, O ye nations, with the people of God, Israelites, that you have been up to this day holding in captivity. So that's a statement 
uh, directly to the Gentiles, alias white people. A statement directly to them, just as the statement in Exodus says, let my people go, the Lord God is speaking directly to the Gentiles who are holding God's people, the Israelites, in a perpetual captivity. Mm. The Bible teaches good things. It teaches true things. It teaches right things undeniable fact that the Israelites are held in captivity in Gentile nations. Under the rulership of the Gentiles and not God. The the Gentiles have not let God's people go. They have refused John 1 detail and all of these other, uh, uh, pertaining to all these other words, all right? But that is really something. You can take one Bible statement, and it leads to other truths in the King James Bible. Understanding. Get understanding. So let's move to, uh, we have another statement here. Uh, referencing or in regard to the uh, Gentiles. And that is Romans 15, verse 10. Again, it says, Rejoice, ye Gentiles. Did you get that? Now, what I said preceding this is true. The Bible backs it up. In one statement, Deuteronomy 32, verse 43, it says, Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, A clarification, Romans 15, verse 10, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. So if you say that what I said is wrong, then you are saying the Bible is wrong. I said the word nations in Deuteronomy 32, 32 verse 43, refers to the Gentiles. And then in Romans 15, verse 10, it says Gentiles. Rejoice, O ye Gentiles, with his people. Rejoice, O ye, no, rejoice, ye Gentiles, with God's people, the Israelites. Why should they rejoice? Why is God calling the the, uh, Gentiles to rejoice with his people, the Israelites? Because truth has come. That's number one. And because God says to the Gentiles, let my people go, and the Gentiles have not let his people go. Okay? So the Gentiles have refused to do what God has commanded, and they refuse to rejoice with God's people, the Israelites, their refusal is seen in their continuous 
holding on or holding God's people in captivity. So they are refusing to rejoice with God's people because, and they are, they are refusing to let God's people go. They are refusing obey Romans fifteen ten. Rejoice ye Gentiles with the Israelites. So there's another statement uh, with the word Gentiles in it. Psalm 107 verse 11 says, uh, no, it says they have rebelled against the words of God. That statement says just what what the last thing that I said, the last point I made with reference to the Gentiles' refusal and disobedience to God. Psalm 107.11 says they, the Gentiles, still speaking on the word Gentiles, they, the Gentiles, have rebelled against the words of God. The Gentiles are in a state of rebellion. I've spoken of, about that in the preceding, uh, last several preceding episodes. They have rebelled against the words of God. They have refused to let God's people go. Therefore, they refuse to rejoice with God's people because they haven't done the things that God has commanded them to do with regard to his people. They have rebelled against the words of God. And another statement I presented in the last several episodes, the statement says they have rebelled against the Lord. Same thing here. This one says they have rebelled against the words of God. You rebel against the words of God, you're in rebellion to God himself. Wow. This is history. This is history. We are reading sure history that's in the King James Bible. True things that have happened, true things that are not happening. What is true that is now happening? It is true that the Gentiles are not rejoicing with God's people because they're still holding God's people in captivity. That's a true thing. Today, it's true. They refuse to let God's people go. That's true today. Real history. They, the Gentiles are holding God's people in captivity. Today, this is real history and um current events, real history, and current events. This is a current event that the Gentiles are not rejoicing with God's people. The Gentiles are not letting God's people go free. These are current events, not just history. This is actually actually happening today. As I speak, 
Mm. Okay, let's move on. Uh, okay, Proverbs 14, verse 34. What is the word? The word is sin. What does the book say here? Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin, that's the word we're looking up in the King James Bible, but sin is a reproach to any people. Sin, the key word here, the principal word, sin is not a good thing. Sin is not a thing to make light of, as the Gentiles do. And therefore, the Israelites make light of sin. The biracials, uh, the Israelites slash Gentile biracials make light of sin. But sin is a reproach to any people. What is a reproach? Reproach is disgrace. Reproach is discredit. Sin is not a good thing. Reproach here is not a good thing. Reproach here is a disgrace. The Gentiles are in this are in disgrace because of their sin. The Gentiles are to be discredited because of their sin. You cannot take what they say from the Pope on down. You can't take what they say for true because they lie so much. Go to church. If an Israelite goes to any church now, all he's going to hear when the minister is speaking with regard to Bible content is lies. That's all he's going to hear. Whether the church is biracial church or whether it's just an Israelite church, they all teach lies in that which they call Christian church. And they also call it the house of the Lord. This is the Lord's house. No, no church out there in Christianity is the true Lord's house. No, they won't even let him in because they won't let truth in. God's word is truth, and they won't let him in. They won't let his word in. They don't even want to hear it. I went off on a tangent. Okay. But these things need to be said. These things need to be heard. These things need to be taught. These things need to be learned and acted upon. Now, that's just the plain, simple truth. Okay. So many lies out there on God and on his word. So many lies out there in religion, in Christianity, lying on God and lying on the word of God. It's a shame. No wonder that word, their reproach. Disgrace. 
discredit. The church is in reproach. The people are in reproach. The church is in reproach. Christian church. And they use the Bible. Now, that's deceit. That's high deceit. These things should not be. And yet they'll call themselves a righteous nation. Hmm? They'll call themselves a righteous nation. They'll say, I've heard them say, we are just in this. We are just in that. We love the Lord. Praise ye God. Praise ye the Lord. I love the Lord. All lies. Hypocrites and pretense. Disgrace. Disgraceful. Okay. Okay. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. But sin is a reproach to any nation. People make up a nation. People make up nations. So we use the word sin here. There's another one uh, on sin. We're still dealing with the word sin now. Romans 3.23. All have sinned. That's a fact that the Bible gives us. All have sinned. Gentiles, as I've said before, are in a state of sin. They're in a state of reproach. They're in a state of rebellion because of their sin. A state of reproach because of their sin. Sin, the very underlying factor. Sin. All have sin the beginning of this episode, on the sin of the Gentiles. And they cause others to sin by their sin. All have sin. But there's a, sin brings about consequences. Sin has consequences. Huh? Oh, I believe that. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. I believe that. And many of them out there, um, Israelites, Gentiles, they can quote that scripture. They can quote it. All have sinned. Mm. Like it's like it's a light thing. <laughs> It just well, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, we've all sinned. Well, well, I know I'm a sinner. Sinner saved by grace. Sin has consequences. Terrible consequences. You may not can identify or recognize the consequence when it comes, but sin has consequences. So people don't believe that. Now, the Gentiles know it, okay? Israelites, uh, they don't pay it any, atten- any attention. Give it no thought. Okay, we all sinners saved by grace. So who told you that? 
But if you say the Bible, the Bible says many things that you are to understand that are not correct. Okay? The Bible is not a deceitful book. Men are deceitful. People are deceitful. People use the Bible deceitfully. All the preachers do. I said all the preachers do in Christianity. They use the book deceitfully. We'll get more information on that from other words. Let's move on. That's not a good thing. All have sin. That means all are subject to the consequence of sin. And God deals with the matter as he wills, as he chooses to. Let's go on because I want to get all these in. What about the word rebelled? Let's look up the word rebelled in the King James Bible. We go to Deuteronomy 143. God is talking. So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear. Mm, let my people go. Oh, you heard it, but you didn't hear it. You didn't obey it. I spake, So I spake to you, and ye would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. All caps. That speaks for itself. I've been talking about the Gentiles rebelling against the against God, against His uh, commandments, against His word, and we started off with that, didn't we? When we say when we saw on the Gentiles, Psalm one hundred seven verse eleven, they have rebelled against the words of God. And here in this statement, it says, "So I spake unto you, and ye would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord." All caps. True statement, true today, still in rebellion, still sinning, still not fearing God. The Bible says fear God. Gentiles do not fear God at all. Oh, no, they put science over God, put religion over God. They put everything over God. I want to say something here. You know, I had sense enough to realize that God was not taught long before I started teaching the, uh, studying the Bible and examining its content. I, I was conscious of the fact that when I would go to church, I wasn't learning anything about God. And I was in my ignorance then. But yet I had sense enough to recognize that. No fear of God before the eyes, the Bible says. True statement. True yesterday, true today, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord. And they have no sorrow for their rebellion. There is no repenting of their rebelling. Uh, the word commandment, let's look at it. Numbers 14, verse 9. Only rebel not ye. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, all caps. Well, the Gentiles have done that. They don't pay that statement in any, any mind at all. They know they are in outright rebellion against God. They know it, and that's how they want it. That's how the Gentiles want it. And they are willing to sacrifice however many lives it costs them. 
the Gentiles are willing to sacrifice however many lives it takes. Okay? They don't care about the human toll. They want to be free from God always. No matter how uh, hard the judgment is, they know when judgment comes. The Gentiles know. The Israelites have no idea what's going on. That's a shame. That's a shame. Anyway, the word commandment, only rebel ye not against the Lord. Uh, Well, that's still dealing with rebel. Okay. Okay. So I I speak unto you, and you would not hear, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord. Okay, that's rebelled. And commandment is in there also. Uh, John five twenty three. Let's look up the son. Let's look up son of God. That's a term. That's a term. Son of God. We go to John five twenty three. It says, "All men should honor the son. The son has come. The son has come and made himself known." Men do not honor him. The Gentiles do not honor him. Therefore, the Israelites honor him. The Israelites act like the Gentiles are their God. They do the same with the biracials. All men should honor the son. That's what the father said. Should uh, speaks to obligation. The word should there, not just an idea. Well, maybe all you, all of you should honor the son. You know, it's it's no big deal. You know, yes, it is a big deal. If you don't honor the son of God here while he's here on earth with men, then you are not obeying the Bible. The Gentiles are very aware of that fact, that they are not honoring the Son, although the book says all men should honor the Son. Okay, another statement, the Son of God. 1 John 5, verse 20. We know that the Son is come. They know that because I've, I've manifested myself. I've made myself known. So we know that the Son is come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. That sounds like a statement coming from the Gentiles, doesn't it? It does. They say, we know that the Son is come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. Yeah, but we're not going to honor him, though, they say. We are not going to honor him, although God commands, the Father commands that we honor the Son. We're not going to honor him, although we know that he has come. We know his name is Tommy L. Hart. We know the things he has done, but we're not going to honor him because we we are not going to be under God. We are not going to put ourselves and have ourselves under God again. That's what they say. statement says again, we know that the Son is come. 
We know that he's come. We know he's, he talks on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, when I die, they'll be saying, yeah, he spoke on Blog Talk Radio. He had a Twitter account. We know he came. <laughs> We're not going to let the Israelites know that we know that he is the son of God. The Israelites act like they don't have sense enough to check out my work. I say that again. The Israelites, they act disgracefully to me, okay, because it's true. They have a Bible. They say they read it. It's, they're just in a bad position. I mean, very bad position. They act like they cannot think, and they act like they can't read. One day I began to read the Bible, and later on I began, I noticed that I was actually examining the Bible. I wasn't just reading. I wanted to know what was in the book. I wanted to know what the book taught and what it taught by itself and itself alone. That's what I wanted to know, find out all this, having no knowledge of all the things that I would later on find out. Why, though? Because I wanted to know what the book taught. That's a simple reason. That's all. I wanted to know what the book taught. Other Israelites that all I've talked to and had to deal with, they don't care what it teaches. I asked ministers years ago to join me in my analysis of King James Bible content. There was a group of them. I was teaching them. And you know what? Not a one joined. Anyway, let's move on. I've got to get some more in. All men should honor the Son. The Gentiles say, we know that the Son is coming and has given us an understanding that we may know him. <laughs> That's he, 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 he made himself known. We know, we know who he is. And when I die, they'll be saying we know who he was. It was Tommy L. Hart. That's that, that his name. Okay. He came and he gave us an understanding of things in the King James Bible. Oh, yeah, we disregarded him, of course. And we know that the things he taught were true. But we don't want to be under God, and we're not going to be under God. That's what the Gentiles say. So they don't say that on radio or TV or anywhere else outwardly. They keep saying those things among themselves. Okay, let's move on to just read these other things. Uh, The Father, the word Father. First uh, John four fourteen, we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. I saw that in its deepness yesterday. I really saw what that statement really refers to. We have seen and do testify that the Father, that's the key word here, that's the principal word, sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now, let's, we have the word here now, the world, the phrase, the world. Let's see what the book says about it. Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world, there we go, that's the principal term here, the world and they that dwell therein. I have, and I know I haven't heard many preachers, but I've heard famous preachers and I've heard not, not famous pe- preachers preach. 
I've never heard one say that the earth is not the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Proverbs 9, 6. What does the book say about understanding? We're looking up understanding in uh, the eyes of King James Bible content. Proverbs 9, 6. Forsake the foolish and live. Now, that's an imperative. Forsake the foolish and live. Then the caveat comes and go in the way of understanding. And according to the King James Bible, it's God who gives the understanding. What the statement said earlier, we know that the Son is come and has given us an understanding. Yes, that's the work of the Son of God. Bible, King James Bible understanding, the work of the Son of God. Okay, go in the way of understanding. That's the caveat. Obey, the word obey. Let's look it up in the eyes of King James Bible content. Acts 5, verse 29, we ought to obey God rather than men. <laughs> now, th these statements are coming from men right here, now, Gentile men. We ought to obey God. Notice that word, ought. That's what you should do. Possible to obey God rather than men. That's just like the Gentiles say, the Gentiles say we ought to obey God and not our line ministers. Okay? Let's move on. True. What is the word true? What does the Bible tell us about the word true? What can we learn about the word true? Go to Jeremiah 10, verse 10. The Lord, all caps, is the true God. There we go. True. True as relates to God. The Lord, all caps, is the true God. But the Lord, all caps, is dead. Remember I said earlier, the Gentiles took out God. They took him out and cast the remnant of his people into captivity, Gentile captivity, rather than men. We, the Gentiles say we ought to obey God rather than men, rather than ourselves, Okay. We know we have sense enough to know that we ought to obey God. But we're not going to obey God, say the Gentiles. We know that we have a responsibility to obey God. But no, we rebel against that responsibility. We left that a long, long time ago. What God? What God? That's the Gentiles saying that. Okay? Okay. To obey God, but we're not. We're going to obey ourselves. We're going to get to us a bunch of precepts and all like that that we want. And we're going to act like the precepts of God don't even exist. Moving on. True. Now, the full statement, the Lord is the true God, then it says he is the living God. But he is the living God. Who is the living God at this time? El Hart, according to the King James Bible, is the living God at this time. The word delight in the King James Bible, 
What does the King James Bible say about delight? Can we find anything there with reference to delight? Well, Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. What should I delight in? I should delight myself in the Lord. Hmm. Gentiles are in rebellion. <laughs> no way we're going to do that now. Maybe we once did, but when we forsook the Lord, we forsook him, and we ain't turning back, say the Gentiles. You know, it says this. They, the Gentiles have a saying. Actions speak louder than words. And I observe and look at Gentile actions, and those actions tell me things like this, that although they know the book says we like ourselves also in the Lord, they say, no, we're not going to do that according to their actions. No, no, no way in the world are we going to do that. Huh. And they use much stronger terms than I used. No. We got our own thing. We left the Lord. We got ourselves together. And, and there ain't no looking back. There ain't no going back. There ain't no delighting ourselves in the Lord. Yeah, we'll get up in church and read scriptures, delight thyself in the Lord and all like that. Yeah, we, we, we read from the book, but we don't obey the book say the Gentiles. We know that we don't obey the book. We know we are in rebellion against God and being that in rebellion against the Son of God. Even though he's come and given us a clear understanding of King James Bible content with respect to the Father and the Son, we know all that. He did that. He's done his job and he's done a damn good job. Excuse me. Yes. Yes, he has. We're not going there. We'll read. We'll pretend that we love God. We'll pretend that we know God. Okay. Okay. Psalm 62, verse 4. They delight in lying. Oh, boy. Well, does the book have anything to say about the, anything good to say about the Gentiles and people who like what the Gentiles do? Does it have anything good to say about them? How can the Lord have anything good to say about any people when that people have left him, when that people despise him, when that people have waged war against him and his people, when that people have cast a remnant of his people into a seemingly perpetual captivity, uh, when, when those people uh, made slaves of his people, uh, 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 and now, after they are, the chains are taken off, they act like God's people do not even exist. Exist. How can God have anything to to do, or anything good to say about such a people? How can He? The Gentiles have already confessed as I've. As I've shown you, uh, uh, that they're in rebellion, that they have done iniquity and all. They have already confessed to those things. I, I've given you the scriptures in recent episodes. How can he have anything good to say? He say do, they say no. Let my people go, they say no. Acquaint yourselves with the Son of God, they say no. 
no way. Love ye the Lord thy God? No way. No way. All men should honor the Son? No way. No way. Let's read some more. Maybe I can get all these in if I just read. Deceitful, the word deceitful, is it used in the King James Bible, and, and, and what does it say? 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers. Now, in America, I know when you hear apostles, for the most part, you think of, you know, preachers. Okay? And apostles are connected to deceit. Deceitful. Let me read it again. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers. You want to see one? Go to a church. Go to any Christian church. Israelite, the word Israelite, is it there? What does it say about them in the Bible? Esther 3, verse 8. Listen, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people. <laughs> we. That's easy to see, isn't it? That's the Israelites. The Israelites are the only people in America that were uh, they were brought to America, okay, as captives and slaves, okay. The only people in America that that description fits. The Israelites, only the Israelites. No other people, no other group fits that description. A certain people scattered abroad and dispersed. Among the people. Israelite, Israelite again, Hosea 8, verse 8. Israel is swallowed up. Now shall they be among the nations. Remember the nations? Gentile nations. Now shall they be among the nations as a vessel wherein is no pleasure. Israelites are not wanted in America. That's why you don't see them on TV. Israelites have... In other words, to the Gentiles, Israelites are an unimportant, unwanted people in America. So you can ask the question, well, why do you keep the Israelites here in America? The answer is, Israelites are kept in America and other Gentile nations to keep them from rising again, to keep them down, to keep them uh, crushed, to keep them divided, them from rising again. Because in the former days, the Israelites were a very important people. Now the Gentiles have made the Israelites the lowest of all people. Why should God have anything to say, anything good to say about them, the Gentiles? Judgment, the word judgment, is it in the book? And if so, what is said about judgment? I was able to find this, Matthew 12, verse 36. It says, the day of judgment. That's what it says. It says, the day of judgment. Four, four words. 
Isaiah 26, verse 9 says, Thy judgments, plural, and then there's the day of judgment. Shepherds. Okay, I'm about to wrap it up. I hope I can get it all in. Shepherds. Now, we know that ministers, many of them do refer themselves as refer to themselves as shepherds. The people call them shepherds and all like that. Okay, so we know that the word shepherd in the Bible speaks to ministers. All right? We go to Isaiah 56, verse nine, verses 9 through 11. Listen to this. Listen. Now, we've already heard about the false apostles, deceitful workers. Look at this right here, about those who, as they say, they're supposed to be protecting the people, providing the people with truth and all like that. At least that's what they project themselves to be and, 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 and to do. Okay? All ye beasts of the field, first of all, all the word beasts, all ye beasts of the field come to devour, yea, all ye beasts of the forest. His watchmen are blind. Watchmen, shepherds, okay, interchangeable. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. Now, what is what is talking about? It's talking about the shepherds, the Bible teachers, etc., the papacy, etc., shepherds. They, okay, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs that cannot bark. Now, notice the use of the word all. Count them. No, pay attention to what's being said and afterwards you can count when you re-listen. Okay, his watchmen are blind. Blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs that cannot bark, sleeping, loving, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds. That's the word. Are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his gain. That's a statement about the preachers. Now, every preacher, when he, probably when he reads that, he'll say, yeah, this is not talking about me. This is talking about uh, the preacher down the street or somewhere else. <laughs> I've heard him say that, okay? Okay? The book says all. Several times. Oh, so the book, the King James Bible has nothing good to say about Christ, those who call themselves Christian ministers. It has nothing good to say about Christianity. It has nothing good to say about those who, uh, the Christian preachers and Bible teachers and all like that. Nothing good to say about them. Remember the, what we just read earlier? False apostles, this deceitful workers. <laughs> okay, and here we have. The dog analogy. Dumb dogs. Ignorant. All of them. Greedy dumb dogs. Does it say that? It says, yeah. It says, yeah. They are greedy, can never have enough. Now, that's, a, that's putting somebody very low. Greedy, dumb, ignorant dogs. All of them. That, now, that's what the book says. The, what does all mean? You tell me. What does the term all mean? And speaking of shepherds, it says they are all. Okay, you get the idea. 
okay? The book says all of them. And that's what I believe. So that's what I teach. I teach Bible content. I teach King James Bible content. That's what I do. Okay? And these things need to be taught. People need to know the truth. Israelites need to know the truth, whether they want to know or not. They need to know. They have a need, a deep need, a great need. Okay. And we have this last thing. Uh, it's a caveat. Psalm 2, verse 12. It says, kiss the son. That's a capital S. Kiss the son of God, lest he be angry. People say, okay, the Gentiles say, who cares whether he's angry or not? He's just a man. He can't do anything. Okay, great. But I'm just reading what the book says. Admonition, the caveat says, kiss the son, lest he be angry. Look up the word kiss, okay? It doesn't mean like a sexual or emotional kiss. And it could be emotion if you love the Lord, the son of God. Uh, but it means to touch gently, touch gently. I, you can put my, I can put my hand on your shoulder, and I'm, I'm showing a sign, giving a sign of what? I like you. You know, you're okay with me. I'm with you. Pat me on the back, pat me on the shoulder, pat me on the head, the dog. You know, you're doing a great job. Kiss the sun. That's a commandment. But it's a caveat also. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry. Okay. Those are all self-explanatory things. Uh, King James Bible content. Follow me on Twitter. Always make Lawmaster Archive your dwelling place. Go by uh, Amazon Bookstore. Order from my great list of books there. Please do that. Order some for, for other people. Please do that. Join me next time.